Our God and our Father, we love you and we're grateful that you have brought us to this place that we might listen to your wisdom, that we might be able to uh, discuss and to have a better understanding of what your will is for us in this life, to look at some of the things that you have given us that are words that we can live by ourselves and pass on to generations and demonstrate before the world so that people will know that we are your, your, your children. We pray that you will strengthen us on all that we do and that as we go throughout this week and throughout our lives that we will uh, take on some of these lessons that we learn and, and try to demonstrate them in our lives to bring you glory. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to thank you all for your prayers. I have a whole lot of people to thank this morning. I, I was traveling for the last week or so. I had to go down to Oklahoma, down in the Bible Belt. And uh, they had some real adventures. I'll tell you about that some other time. But first of all, I want to thank Ricky, because he covered the class for me. I had a family emergency. I had to go away and couldn't be here. But uh, he covered the class for me and all the other things that preachers do and all that sort of thing. And I, I'm really grateful for it. He told me a little bit about uh, what you talked about. Uh, and I'll, I'll just touch on those and not go into a whole lot of detail about it. But I also want to thank Dee. I put together some slides and I was prepared to, to do the class this morning. And uh, I tried to, to send him the, 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 the slides and my computer said, your file is too big. It's not going to work. So Dee did some of that Jedi Knight IT stuff. <laughs> And, and kind of made it work, you know. I don't. I, I still don't know what it did. It was. It's like voodoo to me, but it, it worked. So uh, we'll, we'll, we have the slides this morning that we'll go through. Um, I bring you greetings from the congregations that meet in Spencer, Oklahoma, and the Wilshire congregation that meets in Oklahoma City. They also do a life group, and it just so happened. On Wednesday night, their study was on Proverbs. Uh, so it was, a, it was an interesting whirlwind experience at some point. Uh, I will uh, share that with you. Now, one of the things that I intended to do that I didn't get to do because I was in there trying to work with Dee to get these slides ready, um, I bought in some posters that I want to put at the back of the room. And, and let me explain why. The Word of God is is wisdom, amen? amen? But there is wisdom in this room. There are some really wise folks here. And I think that that's one of the reasons why God tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves. Uh, he tells us to, uh, he tells the older women to work with the younger women. He tells the young men, older men to, you know, counsel the younger men. We have a real responsibility to one another to keep each other in check, to share with each other, with each other those things that we know are good and right. Uh, some people have uh, accountability uh, brothers. When I was in school, uh, Jason Tate was my accountability brother that, that kind of helped get me through the whole process. It was a very grueling process, which many of you know, because you helped me to get through my doctoral program. And I will eternally be thankful to you for that. But I just, I just think that we as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are a peculiar uh, people. We are a unique generation of folks that God has lit, set on this planet. And we have a responsibility not only to ourselves, 
but to the world. And God has given unto us, you know, he's given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So we know that everything that we need to know, God has already given us. But we are the ones who are going to be the carriers of that. Uh, while I was in Oklahoma, I went to this, uh, I went to this meeting, this, uh, it, it was supposed to be a Bible study with my brother. Uh, and it turned out, it turned out to be a, a, a class in which they were talking about casting out demons and all that kind of stuff. It was a real experience. I try to keep my mind open, but uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. And we as members of the body of Christ just need to be uh, prepared to uh, be able to defend the truth of the gospel. Now I mentioned that I wanted to put two posters up in the back. I haven't cleared this with the elders so they might shut it down. <laughs> But what I want you to do is to think about, think about wise words that grandma said. Think about something that your parents said to you. I mean, uh, and, and I already kind of seeded it a little bit. Uh, one of the things I used to say to our kids, I'd just say Ephesians 6 and 1, and they know what we were talking about. Uh, you know, children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of wise sayings that are in the Word of God. But there are a lot of wise sayings that, that parents say to us, that grandparents say to us, that people that are, who are around us say to us. So uh, what I intended to do, and maybe perhaps next week what I'll do is put the posters up at the back, give you a post-it note, start thinking about something really wise that somebody said to you, and just stick it up there so we can kind of go by it. And, and see what that is, something that we can share with each other. And maybe perhaps at some point we'll be able to share it in class. Now, what I intend to do is to use uh, an outline that's in the uh, Serendipity Bible. If you haven't used the Serendipity Bible, I rec recommend that you get one, uh, particularly for life group leaders. One time in our life group, we didn't have the little handout, the little outline, and we had a, a Serendipity Bible, and it had it had a lot of really good open-ended questions that you can use to kind of really dig down. It's almost the same format that we have in our life group outline. So I recommend that you use that. But serendipity gives you two options. It, can, it gives you, uh, for Proverbs, you can do the whole uh, division of Proverbs, the whole book, in either seven weeks or you can do it in 13 weeks. Uh, I, if you do it in seven weeks, you have to cover like five chapters in one sitting, one session. And one session is about approximately 45 minutes. So I chose the, the 13 weeks. So we're going to have to cut corners somewhere or do something. Uh, but I would like for this to be interactive because, as I said, we have wisdom right here in this room. Uh, and as we talk about what God has to say to us, some of you might have a different translation because some of the words that they use in different translations it, it, it's, it, it has the same meaning, but it clarifies it and makes it easier to understand. And that's what we're all about, is to understand wisdom. But this is uh, the, first, uh, the first series of classes that we hope to uh, cover. Today we're going to look at purpose and theme. Uh, and then, uh, so next week, please read chapters 3 and 4, which will talk about wisdom is supreme. Uh, and then it, on and on, it goes into warning against folly, all those different kinds of things that are talked about throughout Proverbs. And then finally, as we wrap it up, these are the last uh, few chapters. But you will notice that just
just about each session is about two chapters. So if you read three and four next week, if we get through one and two today, we'll be good to go. Now, I passed out some pieces of paper to some of you uh, so that we can kind of move through it pretty quickly. Uh, you should either see, see uh, uh, chapter one on the left-hand side and then the, the verses that are listed there. Uh, so when you see your number roll up, <laughs> please just go ahead and, and read out loud. Uh, the ones that are in chapter two, I think I put a, a, a number two and circled it. Uh, if you'll just shout it out or just read it loud enough so that the rest of the, the, the audience, the rest of the saints here can hear what you're saying, then that'll, that'll work out really well for us. So I know that Ricky talked about what a proverb is and what a proverb is not. Uh, and essentially, it's, it's just, you know, wise sayings, uh, things that, that we've heard all throughout life. Obviously, the Word of God is loaded with wise sayings. Not all of them are listed in the book of Proverbs, but a lot of times they give, you know, truth, advice, uh, things that address general attitudes, ethical values, systems, and even humor. Is there, have you ever run across humor in the Bible? Does God have a sense of humor? <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, all the stuff I looked at, you know, they said, you know, people kind of like frown on or don't really promote the fact that there is humor in the Bible. But the thing is, is that in order to understand the humor in the Bible, you have to really put yourself in the context of when it's written. You know, for instance, that, and this is, is kind of off the beaten path, but uh, when I was... When I was stationed on the USS New Jersey, we were out in the middle of the ocean for like months on end. You know, we were kind of away from everybody. And you might really not really pay much attention to some of the things that you're exposed to every day. Uh, but I was out there for like 10 months, you know, here and there. We pulled into port every now and then and stuff like that. But Bob Hope came out to the ship. And he was doing his thing, you know, he was up there dancing and people were doing his cards and everything. And then at some point he said, where's the beef? And we just all kind of sat there and, and looked at it because we hadn't been watching commercials. We, we didn't know what he was talking about. Much later, I'm in the Chinese restaurant with my family and they open up the menu and my, my nephew says, where's the beef? And I'm like, what is this weird the beef thing? You know, because and for those of you that have lived overseas and are not exposed to a lot of the everyday cultural things, you might, you, you might understand, you know, it might make sense to you. But what I'm saying, I'm saying that to say this. Some people would, for instance, say, you remember when Jesus was walking through the crowd and the woman touched his robe and he said, who touched my robe? Some people might have said, man, there's all kind of people around you. What do you mean, who touched your robe? It's, you know, but, but we understand that there was something really significant there in terms of how he had an experience with her when she did touch his robe. So that makes a lot of sense to us. So what are some of the uh, proverbial sayings that you've been exposed to growing up? Anybody? Let me give you a few. Great minds think alike. Heard that before? Uh, don't talk the talk if you can't walk the walk. And if you snooze, you lose. Any others that you can think of? Yes? Uh, silence means acceptance. Oh, really? Silence means acceptance. Silence also is gold. 
I, I, I saw one that said, silence is golden, duct tape is platinum. <laughs> Just figure that one out. But I, you know, I, I didn't really think about it much, but there's scenes like this all over the place. This one happens to be in my bathroom. Uh, when there's, there's love in the home, there's joy in the heart. Why well, sing, right? You might not be able to see that. It says, love is the brightest and the most beautiful flower in, the, in life's garden. It kind of has a, you know, ring to me. And here's one of my favorites also. It's an African proverb. The ruin of a nation begins in the home of its people. That's a Ghanaian proverb. So there's wise words that are, you know, probably in every culture uh, that are all over the place. That, that we can use to glean in addition to our understanding of the Bible. Now, in Proverbs, we're talking about wisdom. The, the focus is wisdom. So what is wisdom? A lot of times, wisdom is in the people that we know who have knowledge and experience and, experience and, and, and are able to have judgment based upon uh, some of the things that they've encountered. Uh, and, and they make sound decisions. But does wisdom only come from older people? Have you ever heard wisdom come from a child? Out of the mouth of babes. We were living in uh, we were living in Naples, Italy, and I don't know how many of you know that when Naomi carried our daughter, she had to go on bed rest for seven months. Now, any of you that know Naomi know that her being still for seven minutes is <laughs> it's hard to imagine. She had to go on bed rest for seven months. So it, it was a beautiful thing that, you know, the, uh, the, the saints there, we were, we were a really, really, really close family. It was about 20 or 30 of us. And we never shut the front door. We never closed or locked the front door to our house. It was open all the time. And a sister would come in and leave a pot of chili, and then I had to coerce her into giving me the family recipe. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it was just a very open experience. It's, it's something that you could take for granted in terms of the family of God if, you, if you're not put in an austere situation. But anyway, uh, for those seven months, Naomi didn't get out of bed. You know, the sisters would come over to the house and have Bible study on Tuesdays. But our son was about four. And he was in a Japanese Yochen school, and I would pick him up and I would take him to, to swimming class because he was learning how to swim. And so I, I picked him up one day and he was sitting over there and he was kind of looking like really pensive, like he was really kind of, you know, concerned about something. So, you know, I'm trying to pep him up. I'm like, this is so man, we played, you know, I'm trying to sing all these little songs and stuff. And so <laughs> he, we took him to, to swim class, get back. He's still kind of sitting over there, like, look really serious, just like, I'm like, hmm, what's going on? I said, well, Sonny, you want to go, you want to go roller skating? You want to go bowling? You want to go do something fun? Here's a four-year-old kid. He turns to me and says, Dad, we have to go home and take care of Mom. <laughs> I mean, here's a four-year-old kid. You know, I'm worried about him. And he's just sitting over there thinking about, we got to get home and take care of mom. So there's wisdom everywhere. 
sometimes children can say things, sometimes uh, people can just in passing say something. Think of somebody that you know that is really wise. What are some of the characteristics that they have? Humble. What else? Patient. Patient. <laughs> yes. Yes. Loving. Loving. That's wise. And that's, there's a whole lot wrapped up in that. What else? Excuse me? Gentle. Okay. Giving. Okay. So these are a lot of characteristics that we have that are, uh, that we've been exposed to that are for people that are wise. So uh, the important thing about, you know, the scriptures tell us that uh, wisdom is the principal thing, so get wisdom. But in all that getting, get an understanding. The thing that is involved, there's several variables that are involved with, with wisdom, knowledge, and discipline. Uh, a lot of people know a lot of stuff, but they're not necessarily wise. We get a lot of really important examples from Jesus in terms of wisdom. And we, as, as Christians, who have the Holy Spirit that lives in us, are able to exercise some of that wisdom uh, because we have the Spirit of God in us. How many of you know somebody that's really smart, but just not wise? Probably everybody. Uh, you probably come across somebody that's, that has a lot of wisdom, I mean, that has a lot of knowledge, that has enough degrees to give you a fever, but they're just not wise. But wisdom without God is really not wisdom at all. And knowledge without discipline can destroy you. So let's get into, uh, let's look at Proverbs, and we're going to probably have to crank up the speed a little bit. Uh, and see what they have to say. I'll read the first verse, and then uh, I don't know who has two through uh, whatever. <laughs> okay, two through seven. Um, but let's, let's, let's talk about this a little bit first. King Solomon, son of David, built the temple in Jerusalem, uh, came right up to his father David. He's known uh, for stories told in the Bible. What is the most famous story that we know about Solomon? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, people from, I mean, here we are thousands of years later talking about that little baby that was going to get cut in half. I mean, and, 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 and I'm sure that all over the area where he lived, uh, and far and wide, people knew about that story and would, would share it with folks. But what happened to him? What happened to Solomon? His many wives turned away from God. Uh, I mean, yeah. That's very creepy. <laughs> it's creepy that his wives turned him away from God? I'm assuming that's what you mean. Yeah, that is creepy. Okay, so I think we're, uh, if you'll read the, the next. Uh. Go ahead. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 2 through 7. 
insight for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, but giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and expression to the young. Let the wise listen and act as a remedy, and let the discerning give guidance. For understanding the proverbs and the the sayings and rules of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and wisdom. So there's a lot there that talks about, that really pretty much explains what a parable is and, and what wisdom is uh, for obtaining wisdom and discipline. Uh, I had another slide. Oh, no, I didn't. I guess I took it out. Uh, wisdom uh, for acquiring discipline and prudent life. One of the things that jumped out at me, it says, for giving prudence to the simple. What do you think he means by the simple? Or what does it mean? Or what would you think that it means? Yeah. One, it doesn't take into account God's word in the situation you're in. One of the things that, that's there that's, that really jumps out at us, so it'll get to us a little bit more as we uh, uh, get down to verse 10, which is next up, is it talks about the young people. And all of us who have children, particularly teenagers, I mean, teenagers get a bad rap, but the thing is, all of us were a teenager at one point. And we know that there was some, you know, you know what sophomore means, what it means to be a sophomore. At least this is the, the definition I was told. I didn't look it up. But a sophomore is a wise fool. I mean, they know enough to, to kind of know something, but they really don't know you know, all the dynamics that go along with that. You know, they make decisions or they do stuff or they really don't think it through. But, but there's some things that are talked about in this, particularly as, wise, as, as wisdom, which is in the feminine gender, which is another interesting dynamic, I think. Uh, but it says, let the wise listen and add to their learning. So a person who is already wise, can benefit some more from listening to other people. This, this weekend, I mean last week, I went home to, to take care of some family business. And one of the things that my brother said to, one of my, uh, to me about going to talk to my other sister, he said, just listen. Just listen. Sometimes we get so busy trying to talk until we run into what we want to say that we don't really hear what other people are saying. How many of you remember Columbine? Uh, I, was, I was looking at the video uh, a few weeks ago, Bowling for Columbine. And in part, as part of that video, uh, you know, they, they, they went through all the buildup and, and you know, there was a time when you, we didn't have to worry about our kids doing, you know, drills every day. I mean, they actually go to school and have to do, what do they call it, stay in place drills or? Shelter in place drills. Uh, in the military, we, we kind of were prepared for some kind of terrorist activity and stuff like that. But in a school, in a movie theater, at Walmart, I mean, the world is, is, is a little bit more turbulent and violent to the extent where wisdom is something that's really very important. Uh, my son talks about living up there in New Jersey. I don't know what you know about uh, Newark, New Jersey. 
they call it Bricktown. <laughs> it's a pretty harsh place. At one point, it was one of the, the, the most dangerous places in America. Uh, and my son was going to New Jersey Institute of Technology up there. And, and I used to just talk to him, because I, you know, when your kids have gone away to school, it keeps you on your prayer bones all the time. You know, and, and, and I used to just talk to him about some of the things that he would do, you know. He would talk about, he would always be looking ahead of himself, like a few blocks or so. And sometimes he would have to change his tra trajectory and go around this way, because he could see some activity up there. The place where he used to go to worship service, along the route that he used to work, I mean to walk, to get to worship service, three people were executed in a gang, you know, initiation. I mean, the same place he used to walk. I mean, he could walk by there and say, three people died right there. So, it, you know, he, he <laughs> over time, learned how to really glean. He used to go to the school and look at the blotter reports to see what kind of activity is going on in his area, because that's the environment that he was in. So, it, you know, it's really important to, to, to pay attention to those kind of things. Now, I think that last week you talked about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Fool is a, <laughs> fool is a pretty harsh word. I mean, it's a hard word. But what, how, what was your discussion along the lines of the fear of God? What does that look like for Christians? I mean, some of us feared our parents. <laughs> when we were growing up. What is, what is, I mean, you love them, and they love you. But what is that fear? What is it really talking about? Respect. Reverence, yes, very good. So, you know, if, if you, and so, so what would that reverence and respect lead to? Obedience. Obedience. You, most of you, even when your parents weren't there, you knew what they would say about a certain situation that you were in. They probably say, don't go in there, or don't go over there. And even in, in this passage of scripture, uh, in Proverbs, it talks about young people that get into to nefarious and, and crazy activity, and warns them about doing that sort of thing. So let's look at that. Is that, uh, what's coming up next, eight through 10? Who has eight, eight and nine? Please. I don't know if I have that. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. There will be a garland to grace your head, and a chain to adorn your neck. So, what does that mean, a garland to grace, uh, a garland to grace your head? A crown? So, what is that saying? You're aware of successful. Okay. So how many of you, was there a difference in listening to what mom said and what dad said? Or was it pretty much the same? Okay, let me ask you this. Was the discipline different from mom and dad? Our children, <laughs> it's not, our, uh, our children, uh, would, would be with my wife when I was deployed. And they got so used to her saying things that they kind of like reached a point where it was kind of, I won't say they tuned it out, 
<laughs> That's funny, huh? <laughs> no, I don't say they tuned it out, but they, it had a different impact when I came home. And, uh, you know, not that I have a bass voice or anything, but I think that sometimes uh, different parents can have a little bit of a different tactic or have a different impact upon the way the children act. So who's next? This is the big one. 10 through 19. My son, you sinners and tithes, and on you is it. It's a Come along with us. Let's lie away from sin's blood. Let's wear this harm of soul. Let's swallow them alive like the grave. Behold, let those who go down to the pit. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot with us and we'll share a common purse. My son, do not go along with them. Do not sit foot on the cast. For their feet rush to sin, and so to shed blood. How useless to spread a net or feel all the words. These men lie in wait for their own blood, they wail it and clean themselves. Such is the end of all who go after a lot me, who takes away the lives of those who get it. Okay. So this is some basic advice. Did did you hear a, kind of a story sort of like this from your parents? About, you know, be careful about where you go. Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. And he says to his sons, be a man. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we live in a world now where if fathers don't talk to their sons in particular, it can be a very dangerous thing. And very creepy. And, very creepy. The, the, uh, and I don't know if it's always been this way, but you know, especially in, in, in the wake of the Trayvon Martin uh, killing and, and a lot of situations like that, fathers have to talk to their sons about you know, it, not just being nice or just being good. When you get stopped by the police, put your hands up where they can see them. Don't make any sudden movements to go to your, your, your billfold or anything like that. We live in a world right now where Christian principles, Christian virtues, Christian instructions are, are, are very important and they can be life and death. So why is it that people would be inclined to, to have behavior like this. This was a long time ago. Does this sort of stuff still happen? The kind of stuff that he talked about here? Excuse me? There's nothing new under the sun. I mean, you would think that over time, I, I kind of have a philosophy that there are certain sociological dynamics that impact upon why people behave this way. Now, you know, there, I think that to some extent, uh, desperation, poverty, some of those things that people, people that are really desperate uh, have a tendency to, to really be, to evolve towards this kind of behavior. But now, are there the rich kids that go out and do crazy stuff? Yeah. I was going to say, the poverty, the poverty of not having a word of God. That's true. Because rich and poor are going to behave 
Yes. And I think this has a lot more uh, application than just those outside the church. Mm -hmm. Right here, we're talking about getting ahead or doing things that will make us happy or please us, as opposed to fearing the Lord. And when you think, okay, I can get ahead by cutting here or doing this, what we need to realize is we have to fear the Lord. Amen. And we do it His way, mm -hmm. even when it doesn't make sense. And, mm -hmm. Yeah, this is what I would enjoy, what I would want, but I'm going to do it His way. That's true. And the world doesn't see it the same way. Uh, a lot of the principles that God tells us in terms of, you know, uh, love those that despitefully use you, be good to everybody even when they don't treat you right, a lot of people in the world, they, they see that as kind of crazy. You know, they're, they're, and in fact, there probably, I'm sure, have been instances in which things have been done to Christians and people watching to see <laughs> how are you going to react to this. Yes? Okay. Okay. Yeah, you know, uh, I, th that's why what we do here uh, as a family of God is really important to reinforce, you know, not just in, in addition to our daily Bible study, but there's really something significant that happens when we come here as brothers and sisters in Christ. There's something that happens when we come and we hear God, our Father, talk to us, and we share in that wisdom together. Uh, and then we look at ways in which we can incorporate some of that wisdom. We look at things that we can do to, to show our children this is how you do it. We look at ways in which we can uh, reinforce and, and, and build on that sort of thing. I was, I was uh, working down in Bethesda, and there was a brother in Christ who worked across the street at uh, NIH. And we used to make it a point to try to get together on a regular basis and have lunch. There's something different about interaction with, fellowship with, uh, have, spending time with people in the body of Christ. Amen? That's why I think life group is very important. It's very useful in terms of us being able to shed some of that social veneer and, you know, just kind of really get to know each other and really look out for each other and take care of each other and, and learn to depend on one another. And this kind of reinforces a lot of the things that God talks about in these Proverbs. So who has the next uh, series of verses? I think that's, uh, is that beginning in verse 20? 20 through 23. Okay. Wisdom falls loud in the street. She raises her voice in public squares. At the head of noisy street, she cries out. And gave way to the sin, she makes her speech. How long will you simple? So wisdom is there. Do you think that people who, who don't even read the scriptures would be able to see wisdom demonstrated or presented before us in such a way that we know what's the right thing to do? 
I mean, to some extent, there's a lot of wisdom in, in just the laws that govern us, things that are around us everywhere. Okay, go see. That's true. And Love the Lord your God and your neighbors yourself. And that comes everything. So, yeah. so with the moral laws you have, you know that the society is um, totally unwise, totally uh, devoid of what knowledge there is of what um, mm-hmm. to do is right. And, um, and that's where we're at today. We just have so many laws that there's, there's no wisdom there. But the thing is, is I think that characteristically the laws that we have are built to some extent on Judeo-Christian principles. Allegedly, that's what they, you know, was the foundation of saying, you know, let's, let's do the right thing and that sort of thing. And if you mess up, if you step out of line, we're going to do something bad to you, you know. Yes. We, as human beings, are made in the image of God. Amen? We, we're not like, you know, Rover. <laughs> uh, we have a very unique composition. I, I, I can't tell you the name of the author, but I have it for you next week. It's a book called Why God Won't Go Away. And essentially, God has designed us in such a way. We are biochem- biochemically wired to want to worship God. Now, some of us, probably most of us, know somebody who's an atheist. It's really kind of startling when I meet somebody that's an atheist. I mean, I, I just, <laughs> I can't even really imagine what that's like. Uh, the scriptures say the fool, that, the fool says there is no God. There's that word fool again. That's a strong word. Uh, if you wake up and say, I got here because I'm just a great and wonderful person or because of my parents and, and you leave God out of the equation, that is a demonstration of foolishness. But then again, there are some very intellectually smart people that don't claim to, to, to recognize that there is a God. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's really weird when you meet somebody that that. I went, when I, again, we were in Italy, and, and I was with this guy, 
that I work with. He was a pathologist, and I had to do some work with him. And I met with him. I met with his family. I got to know them. And I would always ask him to go to worship service and Bible study with us. And, you know, you know. I came to find out later on he was an atheist. And that really kind of startled me. I mean, uh, it, I, it's just hard to imagine what that's like to wake up in the morning and not acknowledge that there is a God that, that is there that gives you life, that in him we live and move and have our existence. Steve? If somebody wakes up and says, I don't want to believe in God. Okay, that's their choice. I mean, I can, I can deny God. I can walk away from God if I choose to do that. Uh-huh. Okay, uh-huh. And I, I was going to try to rush to, through to the end of this, but we're out of time. But I just want to end with this. Uh, God gives us a choice. God wants us to love him because we want to love him. Uh, and, and God says, because I told you this, if you turn this away, I will turn you over to a reprobate mind and condemn you for believing it. I mean, you know, the thing is, is that we have all the opportunity in the world. We're very blessed in this country in a lot of ways that we take for granted because there are places in the planet where you can't get up and walk out and go and praise God in public. So we need to, you know, I mean, we, we are very blessed. Uh, if you, you know, I know that we didn't finish uh, all of this, but if you'll read through the, to the rest of uh, chapter one and read two and three, I mean, read two, three, and four uh, for next week. Thank you for your participation.